Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode of the Dairy Edge, milk quality expert David Gleeson explains the rise of chlorine-free on farms and the first steps farmers need to take to implement it. And I first asked David why chlorine has traditionally been the dominant product of use. I suppose chlorine has been used traditionally in Ireland and internationally for, for uh, as a cleaning agent. It's the most effective one, I suppose, on the market, especially in terms of um, removing protein deposits and stainless steel surfaces. Um, and the levels of chlorine, I suppose, in most products can be between two and a half and maybe 15 percent. So the issue, I suppose, is that, you know, is the misuse of these chlorine products has led to a problem uh, in terms of uh, increased residues in, in milk. So but chlorine traditionally has been, you know, a very good disinfectant. So it's a challenge to find alternatives to it. And you alluded here to a problem of increased residues. And I guess that's the thinking behind this moving towards chlorine free in terms of um, cleaning products. Uh, can you talk us through the decision to move to this yeah, I, I suppose it, it's it's chlorine can lead to two residues, first of all, in milk. One is, is trichloromethane, TCM, which we refer to it as, is, and that's very important in the manufacture of butter for the German market. And chlorides, which is important, um, which is the other residue, is very important in the manufacture of milk powder, and that's for uh, infant milk formula. So, so it's critical, I suppose, that dairy processors can produce within residue specification for, for these high-end products. And um, so... I suppose from an Irish point of view, we are big players in, in the world market. Now we've got 15% of the world market in infant formula. We've, we've, we're the largest supplier of the Kerrygold brand of butter, lactic butter, into the German market. So, you know, it's critical that process can, can keep within specification. And one of the new concerns now is that, is that you know, the, the um, residual levels have changed. And there's new targets set by Arnua for TCM levels in raw milk. And there's a proposed EU commission target for chlorides for dairy products, which means it would be very difficult to produce these products where chlorine is part of the cleaning protocols. And that applies to both on farm and within processing plants. Um, so ONU have passed a resolution to remove all chlorine-based uh, detergents by the end of 2020. And that is both at farm level and processing yes, level? Yes, yes. It, it has already started within processing level. I mean, that's been the first step that within processing plants that, that chlorine levels have to be reduced within, within processing plants, yes. And just in terms of these um, residues, the TCM and the chlorides, as you mentioned, like what is the problem when they're included in the product? I know you said there's a processability issue, but, you know, is there a health issue with it? Uh, existingly, we, we, we're below the target levels and it's more to do with marketing than anything else. We're, we're competing with, with the Dutch and the Germans, uh, for example, for the butter market. And they penalise the farmers fairly strongly if, if their residues are over a uh, specification. So it's more to do with marketing and to keep, you know, we have, a good, we have good products. We are within specification, but we've got to keep within uh, to be able to compete. We, we've got to be up better than, than the rest. And and you've alluded to the why we're going chlorine free. Uh, talk us through the alternatives to chlorine in terms of um, cleaning products for milking equipment. Have we alternatives and are they as effective as chlorine? Yeah, I suppose that, that, that's where the challenge lies. Um, I've been working with, with chemical companies now to develop, I suppose, alternative cleaning protocols, chlorine free. Um, so initially, we, we've we've evaluated these on research farms, and and they have been shown to be effective from both a residue and and a microbiological point of view. 
if used as recommended. And this is where the challenge will be is, is to get farmers to to follow these new protocols. Um, you cannot just change from one um, chlorine based product and, uh, and replace it with another chlorine free product. You know, there's, there's recalibration, there's, there's uh, increased use of, of hot water, increased concentration of caustic levels have to be used. And there's more use of acid-based products. In particular, I suppose I'm referring to the use of paracetic acid, which is um, a product that's used. It's an alternative to, to chlorine. And it's just as effective as chlorine. And it can be used, for example, for dipping clusters in between milkings and for sterilizing a plant. Um, it's a full-grade product and it evaporates, so it doesn't require further rinsing. But, uh, you know, it's again, you have safety issues with it. Um, and it is an, an additional rinse. You can't just follow it after your detergent wash. So you, so you must rinse out your detergent and follow with an, an additional rinse uh, with paracetic acid. So that's one of the alternatives that's there. But we have six alternative cleaning protocols developed now. Um, and the one that a farmer decides to, to, to choose, I suppose, depends on, on whether he's an automatic washer in place on the farm, whether he has milk meters or not, whether he's using traditional powder products. So the farmer has to decide which one will suit him. He obviously can't, can't use them all, but one might suit him better than another. If he hasn't got, for example, hot water from morning and evening, um, well, then there's no point choosing the options that, that require hot water morning and evening. And like looking at that, you, you mentioned an increase in the use of hot water, um, um, you know, an increase in the use of caustic. Are these alternatives going to be more expensive at farm level? Uh, yes, I suppose in some instances, yes, th there will be increased costs associated with moving to chlorine free. Um, when chlorine is removed, you, you must replace it with something. Uh, and hot water is one of those key parts of it. And this is one of the challenges because, uh, uh, you know, there isn't, there isn't effective cleaning, uh, hot water cleaning on, on many farms. Um, so, but we, in most of the protocols that have developed, I've targeted hot water, for example, for the after the AM milking, as opposed to target nitrate electricity to, in errors to save costs again, because roughly nitrate is roughly half the cost of day rate. Um, so we've tried to target a lot of the routines for to have uh, hot water at the AM only. Um, but you, the critical thing here is that when, when you remove chlorine, uh, the cleaning protocols must completely change from those previously followed on farm. That This is the key one here. You, it's, it's, it's a completely new protocol that have to be used. And I guess with with new protocols, a, a simple SOP um, in the parlour will guide people, you know, in terms of making the right decisions on farms. Um, at what level are we seeing um, non-chlorine and the chlorine free movement on farms? Is it actually being adopted on farms at this point or is it, you know, next year? Yeah, well, it, it, it has happened. Um, it happened. One milk processor made a decision uh, last year and I suppose that, that has probably uh, encouraged Arno to, to, to make the big decision of, of that all milk processors should follow suit. Uh, so one milk processor have, have to complete, as from last year, remove chlorine from both bulk tank and and uh, milking machines. And I suppose the target of three or four others at the moment is targeting the bull tank only because many farmers would have purchased their stocks for this year of detergent sterilizers. So they're targeting the bull tank to get the bull tank chlorine free, which is, you know, a lot of the problem is associated with, with the bull tank cleaning. So that's the target with, 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 the, with the target of going to next year of getting, you know, the chlorine from the milk machine possible. So that, that's kind of the steps that different milk processors have made, have made that decision themselves. If we put ourselves in the shoes of the farmer, David, 
what are the first steps they should be taking right now to move their farm into a chlorine free farm? I suppose they, they first they have to decide, you know, on which of the cleaning protocols might suit them best. Um, as I said before, it depends if, you, if you're using traditionally a powder product and you have a, a smaller plant with, 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 a, with no automatic washer, then the old traditional powder systems can be adapted. So um, the critical thing here is that the, the product without chlorine, the viscosity of those products is, is much different than those products which, which contain chlorine. Therefore, I suppose the rate of suck up by automatic washers may differ dramatically. And recalibration of those auto washers once you have the new product for both the machine and the bulk tank is vital. So a farmer can 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 measure the he can calculate first of all what detergent levels are required, and and that's based on the amount of water he he has in his wash trough. I mean this is where a lot of farmers get it wrong. You need to measure the wash the water in your wash trough that you're using. We recommend nine liters per unit. And the product recommendation, so you've got to keep that into consideration because different products recommend different levels. And then you measure the amount sucked up by, by filling a, um, a beaker or a, or a lemonade bottle with, with, with detergent and, and, and use the automatic washer and see how much it takes. And then at that stage, you know, resetting of the washer in most instances will require the help of your milk machine or your, or your tank technician to, um, to, re, to reset the usage rate to make sure that you're using adequate detergent. Um, so as I said, most of them are, are targeting the bulk tanks first. So you know you, you you get over this problem and you find that, that you know that the things go on fine and there's no problem. Then farms are encouraged to go and go for the milking machine um, chlorine-free option. I think it would be too laborious for us to run through the six alternatives, you know, one by one um, while we chat here today, yep. David. But I guess, um, I mean, you're, you mentioned that, you know, there are alternatives and we need to link in with people like our technician in order to calibrate our own systems individually. You know, each system isn't the same. But in terms of those six alternative options, where can people find more information on those? Yeah, um, we we have made them available to, to the milk processors. We, we have them on, on a Chagas have milk quality web page, and and these alternatives are up on that, so that any farmer can print off um, the options. We we are we, we distributed probably three or four thousand of of those options in a laminated uh, format, which you could put up in the, in a dairy, uh, with the steps one, two, three, four, etc. Uh, and you know they are they are available, and we will be printing more of them so that farmers could could get them. Um, I, I just have to avoid the issue. I don't want farmers having five options in front of them because they can't decide which one. So they would need the help of their milk, their milk quality advisor and picker and their chagas advisor to to guide them on which option would suit them best um, for their situation. So as I said, if you if you're traditionally using powder, then then you should stick to a powder option with with a slight change to it. Which incorporates more hot water and probably more acids instead of traditionally using chlorine once a week or whatever. So the, the option, you should get help from your milk quality advisor or your chagas advisor on which is the best option for your farm. That's great. Thank you, David. Um, we'll include the link to the Chagas website in the interview notes for anyone who's interested. And as you say, talking to the Chagas advisor, the milk quality advisor will help farmers along the way. Exactly. And, and I suppose one thing that I, I just need to mention to you um, is that you know, we're, we're, we did uh, conducted trials evaluating these these systems uh, within house within within the research farms. We are uh, presently have undertaking a study on on commercial farms w- with the cooperation of four milk processors and of course the cooperation of the farmers, where we're measuring uh, monitoring 
from a micrological point of view and a residue point of view, you know, what's happening in commercial farms, because they may not always follow uh, what, um, what, what we advise in terms of, you know, following strict recommendations. So it's important to see what happens in, in reality in farms. And some of these farms are chlorine-free for years. Some of them are just chlorine-free since January. So we're, we are doing um, three test pints during the year, one in May, which we've completed, and one in, in late August and one in October, looking at a range of, of from a micro point of view and from a residue point of view to see is there any implications of going chlorine-free um, completely on, the, on these farms. And when do you expect to see results from that, David? Well, we already have results from from the May issue, uh, um, which were very positive from a, from a chlorine-free point of view. But I, I reserve judgment on finally until we're at the end of the year because um, sometimes... You, with wash routines, you, you need a couple of months of somebody doing something wrong before it, it, the implications of it are, are, are obvious. So that's why, um, and we have you know questionnaires completed in these farms, so we know what the, what the farmers are doing correctly or incorrectly. So we're able to follow up then, you know, if a system falls down or, 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 or fails from one point or another, we can go back and see, look, okay, it's because of A, B, C, or D. We look forward to hearing the results, David. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast and my thanks to David Gleeson for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify and for more information go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.